good. God is good. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are, Lord. God, we thank you just that we give you permission at Vision Ministries to just do whatever, Lord. You can take over our worship service. You can take over the the message, Lord. This is this everything we do is for you. And so, God, I pray that you would touch our hearts today. God, I pray that you would draw us close to you today. God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying, that you would give us eyes to see what your spirit is doing. God, that you would give us hearts that are willing to obey. God, I pray that you would call out the best in every single person today, that we would give you our best worship, that we would give you our best praise, that we would give you our best service today. God, that we would decide today that we will serve you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. God, I thank you for focusing our attention on you. I thank you that he that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. And God, I thank you that good news that you began, the good work you began in us, you will bring to completion. God, have your way in our service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I feel the love in the house today. So God is good. (laughs) Yes, he is. All the time, sweetie, all the time. We, I, I get the privilege of ending this sermon series. I've had a lot of fun in this ser- sermon series, Heroes or Zeros. And it's just been a really good time talking about um, basically heroes in the Bible and villains in the Bible. If you've been with us for the last several weeks, we've talked about all kinds of uh, epic stories in the Bible. We've, we talked about David and Goliath, and that was quite epic. We talked about Cain and Abel. We, and, uh, we talked about how to be a hero for Christ and how to stay away from that, that zero, that fleshly part of us that wants to um, make us go against God's nature. And today we're going to end it. And uh, when I was praying, I felt like the Lord put something on my heart for us to end it with really the human, probably the, the one who, the man who would have been the greatest villain in the entire Bible. Anyone have a guess on who that is? We're not talking about Satan or Lucifer, okay? We're talking about a human being who is, uh, yes, in the Bible, son. Hitler's not in the Bible, but I, I sent him to a Christian school, but, you know, we're going to have to work on that. Good good try. I love the bonus. Someone, oh, oh, the elder in the back, Frank Thomas. All right, he named him Judas. We're going we're gonna to talk about Judas today. And... Before we get tough on Judas and say, man, he betrayed the son of God, you know, with a kiss, that he is just so evil and that, that, you know, I felt like Lord said, every single one of us has the ability to be just like Judas. And I'm like, whew, just like Judas. So today, if you're following along with us and you, um, walked in this morning and received your bulletin. There should be a talk it over sheet in there. You can go ahead and pull it out and you'll see right on the top of it says just like Judas. And I believe the Lord wants to show us some characteristics that Judas had that many of us have too. And if these, if these character flaws go unchecked, we can be just like Judas. And so let's dig right into it. The very first character flaw that Judas had that needs to be checked so that we too do not become just like Judas is jealousy. Can you say jealousy? And as we make these five characteristics, we're going to end up spelling the name Judas here. That's what the points are all going to start with. We're going to do an acrostic. Jealousy. 
that green eye monster jealousy. I want to read to you some scripture here and then we're going to break it down. We're going to be a lot in this passage, Mark 14. And this is kind of where we start to see Judas come around here. And in verse one, it says, now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. Our greatest hero, Jesus Christ. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar and a very expensive perfume made of pernard. She broke the jar and poured her, her perfume on his head. Some of those present were, were saying indignantly to one another, why the waste? Of this perfume. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them at any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest and betrayed Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Friends, betrayal often stems from the subtle Sin of jealousy. Judas, like the other disciples, judged this woman's worship. They said her worship and her offering was a waste of money. It was too much. Judas was the ringleader in these complaints, and we see this more when we look to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John 12, 4 and 6 gives a little bit more detail on this account here it says but one of the disciples judas iscariot who was later to betray him objected why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor so it was judas who spoke up in mark 14 it was worth a year's wage he did not say this because he cared about the poor but because he was a thief and a keeper of the money bag he used it to help himself what was put into it See, most scholars believe this woman was Mary of Bethany, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And she used a very expensive perfume, a very expensive anointing oil. See, the estimate value of this perfume given would be about $10,000 in 2003 U.S. currency. The truth is, nothing given to Jesus is a waste. But much of the world's resources is wasted when not given to Christ. See, this kind of oil that that she used was normally used to prepare a body after a person died. But she had faith and believed, she was one of the only ones here that believed what Jesus said, that he was to go to the cross and die and rise again on the third day. She believed it when the other disciples were saying, what is he talking about? That so much so that by faith, before he went to the cross, she used the anointing 
before he went to the cross as a sign that he was going to rise again on the third day. Do you see why Jesus honored her in this? She was the only one who by faith believed and did something about it. Where Judas was like Cain, who was jealous of his brother's Abel because Abel offered a better sacrifice. Mary offered a better sacrifice to Jesus and jealousy took root and then anger, greed, and betrayal, friends. We have to be careful with jealousy because it leads. It comes in subtle. Maybe you're looking through Facebook and you see someone else who got a promotion and you feel like, I deserve that more than they did. Or more, maybe you get a call from a friend or a sister or a brother and, and they got a blessing that you know that you want. And instead of rejoicing with them, you're envious and you're jealous. Friends, we got to check ourselves when that happens. Because that green eye monster always wants more. It's hungry and it always wants more. Jealousy is not from God. If we feel ourselves jealous when others get blessed, promoted, or praised, we need to repent because jealousy only leads to more sin. It only leads to more sin. And if we leave jealousy unchecked, watch out because we can be just like Judas. Just like Judas. Friends, we need to go to the Lord and we need to repent when that jealousy tries to take over. The other character, another unchecked character flaw that could lead us to become just like Judas is unfaithfulness. Say unfaithfulness. See, Judas was chosen by Jesus as one of the 12 disciples. He received the same teachings. He saw the same miracles. He was sent out with the other 12 and actually performed miracles and saw demons cast out in Jesus' name. He was with the 12 when, when the 12 came back and said in excitement to Jesus, even the demons submit in your name. And Jesus said to the 12, do not rejoice because demons submit, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. He was there when Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount. He was there when Jesus healed the man with the shriveled up hand. He was there when we read all these accounts in the Bible. And yet, he was unfaithful to God, a false disciple, friends. The first wolf in sheep's clothing. He was trusted, too. He had a trusted position among the disciples. In John 6, 70 and 71, it says, Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? So Jesus even chose them, and yet one of you is a devil, Jesus knew. He met Judas, the son of, of Simon Iscariot, who, though was one of the twelve, was later to betray him. See, not much more is told about Judas in the Bible. We know that he wasn't from Galilee like most of the other disciples. So, we know he was from Iscariot. That's where Simon Iscariot. And we know that town was placed in Judah. So maybe he felt a little bit like an outsider. Maybe he felt like he didn't fit in with the other disciples. Whatever his reasonings were, the disciples still trusted him enough to put him in charge of the money bag. 
And yet, friends, we've learned that he stole and was greedy and took from the money bag for himself. We need to be careful, friends, that whatever we're sensitive about does not make us become unfaithful to the service of God. We need to be careful because if so, we can be just like Judas. See, during our fast right now, our church is on a fast. This is the second week of it. If you haven't joined, come in for the last part of it with us. And this fast is something that I believe that God has really put on our heart. The scripture in Revelations where it says, return to the first love. And it talks about in the NLT, not only returning to God and loving him as you did at first, but returning to the love that we had for one another like we used to at first. And when I read that in the NLT, I've never seen that before. In the NLT, it popped up to me. Jesus has said the greatest commandment is this, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like this, to love your neighbor as yourself. And sometimes we say we love God, but the Bible says in James, how can you say you love God who you do not see and hate your brother who you do see? Judas was unfaithful. But it, it stemmed from something because he was with the 12 when he saw all the miracles. And friends, just like Judas, we could be in the same presence of God in the same church service. And, and one person could be touched and said that was the best service ever. And someone else can say, that's ridiculous. I can't believe how long, how they stayed on one song the entire time. Friends, we need to be careful because if we allow that kind of attitude, whatever we're sensitive about, if it's we don't feel like we fit in, if it's someone else had a better position than us, we can end up being unfaithful to God just like Judas. And so during this fast, one of the things that we're asking people to do is, of course, you know, give up some kind of food, spend time with God every single day. And then we're saying we encourage you to add value to somebody else during this fast. Encourage somebody, call somebody, write a note to somebody, sit down and listen to somebody, go for a walk with with somebody. Encourage your brother and sister because not only should we love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, but we're to love one another. My question today to you is how are we unfaithful? See, Jesus was faithful, but Judas was not. He did not add value to the community. He stole for himself. He was unfaithful. Sad in the church today, we have as many divorces as the world. Sad in the church today, we have just as much gossip and backbiting as the world. Sad in the church today, friends, we don't see much of a difference between the church and the world because of unfaithfulness. The very first time that I ever went on a fast, I was 19 years old. I was in, I was in college at the University of Toledo and I was fasting for the first time ever. I was, at that time, the only time in my entire life I was searching for a church and I was praying and fasting about it because I didn't want to just go to a church and just pick a church because it was comfortable to me. I wanted to go to the church God had called and designed for me to go to. And so I was fasting during this time when I was pumping gas over here at the gas station and I saw this church and I felt the Lord called me to come over here. And on this fast, it was the very first time I ever heard God speak to me. And what God said, I was coming, I was fasting and I was suffering from, I guess, a broken heart at 19 years old from, you know, past things going on. And I went to the Lord about it and I was 
being real with God about it. And it was the first time I heard his voice. And he gently said to me, you're complaining about this situation and the unfaithfulness of this person. But joy, you have been unfaithful to me. My hand has been on you since you were a child. You were called God woman at the age of 13. You loved me as a child and you have wavered back and forth and have been unfaithful to me. And it pricked my heart and I repented that day and said, God, I will never be unfaithful again. Friends, unfaithfulness. Let our aim be to hear these words from Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. If we don't check unfaithfulness, then we need to watch out because we can become just like Judas. Another unchecked character flaw that could lead us to become just like Judas is this. To be dissatisfied. Say dissatisfied. Mm. See, Jesus wasn't, or Judas wasn't satisfied with Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. Judas wasn't satisfied with Jesus. Judas was greedy. And greed is the opposite of contentment or being satisfied. The Bible says, contentment with godliness brings great gain. When we are greedy, we are we're not content and we are dissatisfied. And that's what Judas was with Jesus. A lot of different scholars believe different re- there were different reasons for this. Judas and others thought that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire at the time. They believed that, that he was going to set up their, his government right here on earth. And that he, and right this moment, and they were going to overthrow the Roman Empire, which was conquering their land at the time. But Jesus' kingdom was a heavenly kingdom. It is a heavenly kingdom. And the way that Jesus was going to go about it was different than what they had thought. Friends, how often do we go to Jesus because we're in a crisis, and when he doesn't do exactly what we want him to do, the way we want him to do it, we're dissatisfied and we step back and thought, God's not real. He doesn't really care about me. He didn't do what I thought he would do. I prayed and he didn't, he didn't give me the yes I was looking for. He gave me a no. Or a not now. Friends, we need to be careful because when we become dissatisfied with Jesus, we can be just like Judas. Matthew 26, 14 through 15 says this. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. Friends, I believe some of us at times have sold Jesus out for less than that. When are we going, when we go to God and only seek his hands, we have the what are you willing to give me attitude. And this was the same attitude that Judas had. God, what are you going to give me? Some of us got saved that way. Maybe we're in jail and we said, God, you get me out, then, then I must serve you. And God did, but then we continued to have the same attitude. What are you going to give me now if I do this for you? Okay, God, I'll speak, but what are you going to give me? 
Okay, God, I, and we're always looking for his hand. God, are you going to take care of this situation in my family? Can you give me this? I remember years ago we had someone come into church and, I mean, barely, just probably gave their heart to the Lord. And they're like, well, when can I get my own church? (laughs) Earl says, sometimes people are coming and asking for things and they still smell like, they still smell like, like the, 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 what did you used to say? Their crack pipe is still hot. Isn't that what you used to say? And then he said, their bed is still unmade. Man, friends, we got to get rid of that. What are you going to give me attitude? You know where that what are you going to give me attitude stems from, right? Jealousy. Looking back, oh, I want a marriage like Earl and Renee. When are you going to give me a man like Pastor Earl? I usually use my own man, but I just feel like picking up Pastor Earl today. What are you going to give me? Man, I wish I had a nice house like Elper and Dorinthia. When are you going to give me a house like that, God? What are you going to give me? Just like Judas. We've got to be careful, friends. Friends, God will not be put in a box. He does not fit into our limited view of him. He is not here to grant our every wish. God is not a genie in a bottle that is commanded by us. He is God. We are not. We need to allow him to sit on the throne and we need to get off of it that is what the kingdom of god is about he is the one king the king of kings the lord of lords he's the true king friends and we need to dethrone ourselves god does not work for us we need to go to the lord and we need to ask him Like Isaiah, here I am, send me. What do you want from me? How can I please you, God? And then when he speaks, we need to obey. If we do not check our discontentment, then we need to watch out because we can become, say it with me, just like Judas. Come on, out the mouth of babes. Another unchecked. Character flaw that could lead us to become just like Judas is anger. Can you say it with me? Anger. Mm. Anger. I want to read Mark 14 again. We've already read this, but I want to read it in the message version. Just two verses, three and five. Jesus was at Bethany, a guest of, of Simon the leper. While he was eating dinner, a woman came in carrying a bottle of very expensive perfume opening the bottle she poured it out on his head some of the guests became furious among themselves that's criminal a sheer waste this perfume could have been sold for well over a year's wage and handed out to the poor they swelled up in anger nearly bursting with indignation over her and we read already that Jesus was the ringleader of this, this anger and that he was the one who was most angry. It was shortly after this event that Judas decided to turn his back on Jesus and betray him. Mark 14, 10 and 11, then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest, betrayed Jesus to him. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him what? Give him money. So he watched for an opportune time to hand 
him over. When? After true worship came up. The devil always rears his head, friends. Anytime there is a true worship that comes in the house of God, anytime there's a great move of God, watch out because the attack is not far behind it. Even Jesus went through it. It was after Jesus was baptized and the heavens were open and God, the Holy Spirit to descend on him like a dove and a voice from heaven came and said, this is my son who I'm well pleased that he was sent to the desert to be tempted by the enemy, friends. After your greatest victory, the enemy comes and we need to be wise to the enemy's schemes and no longer ignorant to him so that we can fight back. And friends, we need to be careful when Jesus speaks well of somebody else that we don't become angry. Jesus spoke well and, and rebuked Judas and the other disciples that Judas got on his side, friends. He rebukes them and said, don't talk bad about this woman. As a matter of fact, everywhere this gospel is preached across the entire world, her story is going to be told. As a testimony. That God says he is looking for true worshipers, friends. He's looking. The Bible says he's searching for true worshipers. Those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And he found one in Mary. And it angered Judas. And Judas rallied up the troops and got the other disciples angry too. And accused her worship of being a waste. Friends, we need to be careful. That we don't judge another person's worship. We've seen some crazy things up in this house. We've seen some prostitutes do cartwheels. One time we saw someone. (laughs) Y'all remember some of y'all. We've seen some crazy things. But I'm careful to not touch somebody's worship. Because you know what? If they're doing it for show, God's going to get them. I don't have to. But if it's God on them and I lift my voice and I lift my hand and say, that's not from God and it is from God, I better watch out because I can be just like Judas. If I get angry at someone else's worship, what does that say about me? Friends, if you get angry at someone else's worship, what does that say about you? If you get angry at someone else's walk, Someone else's family, someone else's marriage, someone else's blessing. What does that say about you? If you get angry when someone else gets promoted, when someone else gets praised, when someone else gets applauded, what does that say about you? When you get angry that God saved someone and we're acting like Jonah all of a sudden and we're so mad because we're waiting for fire and brimstone and all of a sudden someone gets saved and you get angry at that because they need to get what's coming to them, what does that say about you. Friends, anger is an emotion that has to be tamed. Anger in itself is not sin, but anger that leads to anger can lead to sin. A couple of scriptures that I love that talks about anger. One's James 1, 19 and 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. When the Bible says take note of this, what are you supposed to do? Matter of fact, some of y'all need to write this down in your notes because the Bible said take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
Because human anger does not produce the righteous life that God desires. Human anger. Man, friends, we've got to start to, that passion that we have for when we get upset, we need to channel that passion towards the things of God. Say, God, I want to know you. God, I want to worship you. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to use this passion to spread the gospel news. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. We need to be careful because anger can lead to hatred. And Jesus says, hatred in the heart is murder, friends. I want to encourage you today, if you are angry about something, maybe someone did something dirty to you in your past, and the only time you could pray for them is when you pray, God, get them. I know there's been more than one of y'all, including myself, who's prayed that prayer before. Get them, Lord. Get them. Again, treating God like he's a genie in the bottle, and we're just rubbing up and telling them what to do again. All right? Friends. We need to repent. Vengeance is the Lord's. We need to step away from that. That anger is going to, it will bind you up. You will not be free if you hold on to anger. And anger will lead to hatred and it will lead to betrayal. And it will lead to you turning your back on God. And you can be just like Judas. Just like Judas, brother. Do you have anger issues today? That you need to crucify. I know I do. Do you got some anger issues today that you need to lay down at the cross of Jesus? If we don't check anger, then we need to watch out because we can become, again with me, just like Judas. Another unchecked character flaw that can help us or make us become just like Judas is selfishness. Can you say selfishness? Judas had the ultimate form of selfishness by committing suicide. Matthew 26, 5 says, So Judas threw money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hung himself. Friends, Jesus was in his greatest hour of need. He was in the garden and he was praying. The disciples were falling asleep. And Judas was making his scheme. He said, oh, this is a perfect time. (laughs) And he, and he was out and he knew exactly where he was at because Judas went to this place and prayed often. And he brought the leaders and he brought the soldiers, thousands of them, according to the scriptures. A legion is not just one or two or three like they show in the cartoons, friends. We need, we need to be a little bit more biblically literate than just what we see on TV. And they came to Jesus. And you know how they knew it was Jesus? Because here comes Judas and he kissed him. Oh, I was tempted. <laughs> Kissed him right on the cheek. Man. And when Jesus said, I am he, the soldiers fell backward. Because at the name of Jesus, friends, every knee will bow. But it was selfishness that led Judas to betray Jesus. Because he wanted to know, what can I get? Betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Judas betrayed Jesus, but listen to this. Peter denied him. The difference is Peter repented and turned back to Jesus and was forgiven. Judas wallowed in self-pity to the point where he hung himself. 
Every single sin that Judas had, every single character flaw could have been forgiven. Jealousy could be forgiven. Can it not? It can be forgiven. Being being unsatisfied with the Lord, that can be forgiven. Being dissatisfied with the Lord, it can be forgiven. Being unfaithful can be forgiven. Being angry can be forgiven. Being selfish can be forgiven. Lord, all, all these things can be forgiven. Judas could have been forgiven. I believe he could have. Peter was forgiven and he denied Jesus three times. But he chose to turn and to repent. Instead of turning, Judas was selfish. And he ended his own life. Jesus is the ultimate hero in the Bible, friends. The ultimate hero. He took the sin of the world on himself. Judas took his life, but Jesus gave his life for you and for me. If you have a character flaw like Judas, if you're jealous, unfaithful, dissatisfied, angry, selfish, good news. I have good news for you. You can be forgiven. You can be freed from these things. Because Jesus gave his life for you and for me. Because he is the ultimate hero. He left the glory of heaven and became a man for you and for me. The scripture says it beautifully in Philippians 2, 3 through 12. Do not, nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Out of what? Selfish. Hmm. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's what Jesus did. He valued you. He thought you were worth dying for. He valued you above himself. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, But rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That the name of Jesus every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, friends. Judas was selfish, but Jesus was selfless by giving his life for you and for me because he thought you are worth dying for. We do not have to be just like Judas. We can have the same attitude of Christ Jesus. Would you stand to your feet with me today, friends? Would you just close your eyes for a moment and focus on the Lord? If one of these five character flaws that we talked about today Jealousy or unfaithfulness. Being dissatisfied with God when he doesn't do what you want him to do. 
Find yourself angry all the time. Find yourself doing selfish things to only satisfy yourself. If you feel like you have one of these character flaws that you need to get rid of today, would you raise your hand before the Lord? Yeah. Jesus believes that you're worth dying for. Would you take a step further and would you come to this altar area right here and would you lay that down before the Lord? I want you to come right here. And if you're physically able to, I'm going to ask you to go a step further and just kind of get down on your knees if you're able to and just symbolically lay it down up here before the Lord. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. And you doing this, you're saying, God, I don't want to be just like Judas. I want to be just like Jesus. I want to be just like Jesus. I'm going to ask my prayer team, would you come up behind these guys and just start praying for them? Don't even necessarily lay hands on them yet unless the Lord, you feel the Lord tell you to. But just come up behind them and start praying for them. God wants to do an incredible work in the hearts of people today. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for freeing us from the sin of the flesh, freeing us from jealousy, freeing us, God, from unfaithfulness, freeing us from being dissatisfied and discontent in you, Lord God, freeing us from anger, freeing us, Lord Jesus, from selfishness, Lord, and making us more like you, Jesus. God, I thank you that we don't have to be just like Judas, but we can be just like Jesus. We can walk with God. Lord, I pray right now that you would raise up these men who are here that are bowing down before you, laying down their sins. God, that you would lift them up. That you would raise them up, Lord God. God, that you would touch them, Lord Jesus. That you would show them you're not finished yet. And God, I pray for the entire congregation today, Lord God. I pray that you would equip them with your spirit and with the full armor of God. That they would know, Lord God, that greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world. That you're not finished yet. That you love them. And that you're good.